What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I am Trev Downey and I am of course joined for this show by the inimitable Dave Davis. How are you doing my friend? Very good, mate. And uh, liking the verb you put in front there, I'll take that all day long. Very nice. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got loads and loads of words to throw at you, fella. We'll, we'll, this is, this is, this is, uh, we're in here for the long haul. Brace yourself for some adjectives and adverbs as we go forward. I wanted to start talking, as usual, about uh, this the, the Reds in relation to the transfer market. And uh, before all of you boo and hiss and throw things at your respective uh, uh, devices you're listening on, bear with us, will you? For the love of God, we're as stressed out about this as you are. Uh, and we're trying to talk to you about whatever few bits we can talk to, to you about. We'll end this section with some... Um, uh, high octane uh, speculation, uh, but we'll start with a couple of things that we do know, uh, or that we are hearing are reasonably concrete. Um, first of all, a controversial one around the renewal of a certain contract or two. Talk to me about this story, Dave, because you know this is going to get people arguing amongst themselves. Yeah, it's a it's a couple of players and it's going to spring, like you said, arguments galore. So they're both from a, a Bundesliga guy, Florian Plettenberg, well-respected, well-known. So the two he's tweeted about in recent times, Trev, are Navi Keita, and I'm putting my tin hat on, as I say this one literally. So he has suggested, or his tweets, I should say, that more talks are scheduled despite rumours to the contrary. And... I like the way he phrases this almost right. Under certain circumstances, an extension is not ruled out. So I think that's the king of vagueness, really, there in that sort of tweet. But it is an interesting one, and it's probably one that's maybe if topical is the right word, because he's back in the team, isn't it? The the last few games with a bit of the uh, the midfield reshuffle, the talk around loyalty or not so much. So that is one that. All I can do, as you said, Trev, is just say what's what's out there, but people will have the reactions to that one. And the other one that he's tweeted about, and, and it's worth mentioning because he's tweeted about it. There's a few journos mentioned, and Klopp has doubled down on this, Bobby. So in the bizarrest sort of fashion at the moment, obviously, if you think Bobby, we expect him to be back. Klopp clarified it's not. We're not expecting to see him 
in training in the near future. And amazingly, I saw him pop up on bloody Instagram the other day, Trev. He's doing some sort of evangelical event in Brazil now, like the Righteous Gemstones or something like that. So he's got a lot going on at the moment, Bobby. But literally, the suggestion is that, again, and this does keep cropping up, it's a, a one-year one extension with the option of a further year. So that seems pretty pretty detailed, but also consistent across the board from what people are suggesting. So smoke, fire, all those types of links, etc. And additionally, that's why we're saying Klopp's doubled down on it. He has, and it was in the last embargo as well after the press conference, he asked Bobby again, he said, yeah, I definitely want him to stay. Now, it's an interesting one in that sense, because if he doesn't for any reason or it doesn't go as planned, this is Klopp, you know, coming out publicly saying he definitely wants it. So there's, you can argue it's a little bit of a leverage, shall we say, on a FSG there. But it's also clear Bobby has Saudi interest and other clubs looking at him. But then there was the interview he did for the uh, did the LFC magazine the other week or so. He did say he wanted to stay. So I think if I had to put my neck on the line, there's a lot more legs in Bobby than Naby for what we're seeing at the moment. But it's Liverpool, Trev. And at the moment, it just seems a bit of chaos. So both wouldn't surprise me. One or the other wouldn't surprise me. Even the unexpected, where it's Cater gets an offer and Bobby, you know, it's just Liverpool at the moment. But they are the two biggest renewals that we can talk about that come out. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, and, and absolutely will be controversial, regardless of which way the decisions go. There will be people who are uh, celebrating and people who are pulled out. Uh, am I... I think figure uh, that I have the most sympathy for uh, nearly of all people in the Liverpool squad is, is now Phillips. Uh, I, I just feel like giving the lad a hug uh, and Liverpool seem to be doing a little bit of moving and shaking in the centre back depart department. Uh, and again, it could influence not <laughs> as, as we've been saying in each show since we started this, uh, there might be a move there for him. Um, then again, maybe not. What's the story in terms of Liverpool and centre-halves and potential uh, incomings or outgoings? Yeah, it just seems absolutely crazy. So James Pearce, again, that famous name, sort of threw the, the cat amongst the pigeons in the way that he wrote the story. So Reese Williams, yeah, coming back to loan from Blackpool. It's also the way he mentioned it and no one sort of tweeted or said anything to the contrary that Big Nat, yeah, it may be in preparation for a move, which 
just seems so odd, Trev, with, you know, with everything we've talked about almost this summer, the offers they turned down, you know, the Virgil injury, the inquiries, as we said, we know they had them from Bournemouth and Leeds, who have both gone on to go and get centre-half. So if they are bringing him back in preparation for Nat moving on, it just seems utterly bizarre. And people are going to be screaming at this now, but why are we doing that? Literally, the logic does seem a, a bit odd, shall we say? You know, if, if you're leading it towards another January move, then it's a homegrown spot freed up, which we didn't seem short of, but that's another discussion. So we'll just have to see if anything does materialise. But like you said, poor now, if anything. And probably one just to note that, that is quite important to say. Um, the young lad, Quonsa, so the young lad who's now gone on loan centre-half to Bristol Rovers. Being honest, Trev, when we've been asking around, there's massive, massive hopes for this kid. They really expect him to... That People aren't saying when we've been asking around he's going to be a star necessarily for the future, but big, big hopes. And part of the deal there with him going to Bristol Rovers, which is League One on loan, that they've done the deal with Bristol Rovers' Joey Barton, that he will you know, play a lot of first-team football for his development, and there is real high expectations around this kid. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of youth players coming back, moving on type of thing. And at the end of the day, like you said, poor Nat, let's just see what happens, and then let's see if there's any knock-on effects. But it just all seems a mess, on it, at the moment, let's be honest. We've done our level best to speak about things that might happen or could be realistic or seem like they are happening. So it's time now to move away from uh, the reality and into the speculation zone. And we'll start with uh, the ongoing stories about Mason Mount. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say here. I think I know what your take on it is. But it is interesting the way it won't go away, uh, as is the case with the next two stories we're going to talk about as well. But let's start there with Mason Mount and potential links to Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. So not got long left on his deal, been in negotiations with Chelsea, not not agreed the renewal. Yeah, spot on, Trev. It's one that we've mentioned before. We, we do like Mason Mount. It's understandable. He's a talented player. He's a perfect sort of FSG, Klopp age, if you want to describe it as that. Homegrown you know, ticks pretty much all the boxes, especially for a team that needs a, a midfield rebuild. But, again, I know we're kind of putting a dampener about the sounds of it on everything, but as we have been saying pretty much late in the summer and early on in these shows, be astonished if he doesn't renew at Chelsea. As we said, he wants parity with Reese James on that huge contract renewal. Will he get it? I don't know. That's probably one for, for Chelsea fans to debate. But all the indications are that, that he's still saying it's not it's not intimating that it's definitely, you know, agent leverage because there is interest there from Liverpool. But yeah, I think it'll be one of those where interest and get ready for him to pen that Chelsea when you will, I'm afraid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think the fact that uh, there seems to be a lot of acceptance that there is interest is the most interesting part of it. Now, interest is something that Quivian Kelleher has been stirring up a lot of. And today, as I was trying to get on my work, I was finding endless uh, links to a certain story about how Liverpool would be willing to sell Quivian to bring in some revenue in order to buy some players. And of course, Dave Diplett 
place that that went was to the deepest, darkest dumpster fire uh, of 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 Twitter interactions where people were fuming and raging against the machine that is FSG and how, how can we be in this situation and we why do we have to sell to buy and uh, toys being thrown out of every pram. Um, we spoke about this not that long ago. Yeah. I spoke about it with, with Jan on the last show as well. I mean, clearly this guy is one of the great greatest assets we have, primarily because we are doing well for young goalkeepers. We have the best goalkeeper in the world. And as a result, then you look at Quibi and you go, this guy should be playing, uh, carry the four. And the the conclusion you come to is, well, yeah, we could get a lot of money for this lad. Uh, there is a club out there who'll pay a lot of money for Quibi and Keller. So it makes nothing but sense. And I think the timing of this story, Dave, today is just people looking to cause a bit of mischief. Because I don't see this happening, if it happens at all, until summer, do you? Yeah, there's literally zero chance this happens until summer, exactly as you said there. And to be honest, exactly as you said, we have mentioned it before. The smart money would say there's a very, very strong chance this does happen in the summer. Almost, you, you've mentioned it, that it's out there that it's almost accepted that he's too good to be a number two, so to speak. He would be a number one for most of the Premiership sides. We also said we know there was an inquiry from Crystal Palace during this window that was rebuffed straight away. But I would be absolutely astonished unless it's a deal that suits all parties that he doesn't want to be number two come the summer. He wants to move on. Liverpool don't want an unhappy player sat there. Like you said, they will be thinking whether you know people use it for mischief making. But it's understandable. We can get a, a few quid for this kid. And also at the same time, You've got options like a buyback clause in there as well. So it would just make sense. I think you're spot on. Zero chance this window, but very, very strong chance. And if you ask me to predict, I'd probably say I'd be more surprised if he's at Anfield come the start of next season. Well, I hope whoever is doing the deal does exactly what you say and has a clever buyback uh, clause there so that, you know, if we get another couple of good years out of Ali, we can then, if Cueve goes on to establish himself in the way that I think he will. Uh, we'd have first refusal on him for a half-decent uh, amount. That would make a lot of sense, and I hope we have the sense to do that with our contract uh, wranglings when it happens. Uh, while we're in the crazy part of the ballroom uh, marked speculation, we should talk about another story uh, which is floating about today. And obviously it's one of those ones it's very easy to dismiss, roll your eyes and scroll on. But then it comes back again in much the same way. And this is the story linking a potential move away from Mo Salah with a potential transfer fee of take your pick. I saw 70 million, I saw 80 million, I saw 89. That could have been euros or sterling i'm not sure which but it was at least 70 million sterling was one of the stories i saw uh and i think you have a theory on why this might be happening as in why it is that people might be thinking that that's a thing that could happen so soon after contract renewal and all the rest of it what's your take on this particular story yeah i it's a it's an odd one, but I, I can understand why it's out there. And it's not to say it's, you know, it's true, it's false, but I can completely understand it. So for context, I think it was a 
last week sometime, there was the, the famous photo, wasn't there, of Salah pictured with the PSG president, the, you know, owned by the Qatari government, so to speak. Be careful how I'll phrase that one. But um, yeah, so there's a natural link there. So people then ran that with, you know, as we know, trying not to go there too much, but the Qatar ownership conversation. And now that that's almost been sort of not dismissed, but suggested that there's not too much in it, shall we say, from the tier ones and such, people are going to obviously ask, well, why is that meeting taking place then? And the natural other side of the coin, Trev, is to say, hold on, the PSG president is there speaking to Mo Salah. And you look at what's happening with Liverpool at the moment, we can't pretend it's all rosy on and off the field. Champions League looks very ambitious, shall we say, at this, at this stage, the way everything's going. So there's natural then people can, again, it, it's one of those, it could be clickbait, Trev, but you shouldn't just dismiss it. There's naturally going to be conversations, well, you know, especially with FSG, do they want those huge wages on the books? You know, does Salah want to stay if he's not in the Champions League? Those are natural questions that may well come up in the future. So I'm not, I wouldn't dismiss it and I wouldn't put huge faith in it, which I appreciate is the ultimate government politician style answer. But it's not the worst headline that's written is probably the way I phrase it in all honesty, Trev. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I think that's fair, and I think the, that's the only position you could possibly take on on this uh, as as a as a story. And an awful lot of people just they see things that they don't want to think about, and therefore they just say that's wrong. Yeah, uh, that's that's life in twenty twenty three. Uh, that's life on the internet, at least in twenty twenty three, uh, and it's nonsense, utter nonsense. So, like, if if a story's coming up, you judge on its merits, like you've just done, and 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 you can see why it might be coming up and you can also see why it could easily be dismissed uh and we just keep an eye on it i guess it's very interesting that it's even out there uh if we move away from liverpool which we're almost relieved to do for being honest uh to our premier league uh cohort we don't have to go too far to look at a club in absolute turmoil uh and that is good old everton uh they've been flailing about trying to do a bit of business as they've been getting ready to part company with old Frankie Lampard there. So they are in a state of tremendous upheaval. <laughs> and even in that state, there appears to be people likely to arrive at Everton, although they are also linked with a couple of outgoings. Talk to us about the madness over there at Goodison. 
yeah, if there's some crumb of comfort you can take from the current situation, Travis, like you said, just look across San, Stanley Park as in how much worse could it be? So, yeah, rock bottom of the table, defeated at the weekend. And as you said, Frank's got the bullet now, hasn't he? So they're looking for a, a new manager. And dear Lord, what a job that would be to step into. You know, we've seen all the the things with the board and what's going on there at the moment. Absolute chaos. So, yeah, the trying to find positives for the air. It does seem that it's waiting to be reported. It'll be interesting to see if this does get pulled in some way. But one that I thought was a bit of a, a coup for them, Dan Juma on loan for Villarreal. There was a lot of Premier League clubs looking at him and interested in him and even sort of a few across the board internationally as well. So if that does then happen, that is a real sort of coup for them. And Christ, they need something at the moment. But we know they'd be looking around at, at loan options, especially. So Zapata from Atalanta, Suleimana from Rennes. So, you know, they've been trying so many places. They even asked about Dembele at Lyon, you know, out of favour. Conor Gallagher, we know they've inquired about at Chelsea. So, it's, it's, listen, it's that time of year, isn't it, Trev? They're desperate. They're trying all avenues. It's the natural transfer window frenzy for them. One, um, one story I did love, and I had to be honest, I'd say I loved it was um, that they were trying to get in Anthony Alanga on loan from United, but Ten Hag didn't want him to go there because of the chaos and the impact it could have around the <laughs> So I just, I thought that was brilliant. Like, no, you're not, you're not going there. So no one's going there in this current time of thing. So I just, I just love that. And it is really trying to take sort of crumb, crumb of comfort from what's going on there. We will save it a little bit because I wouldn't be surprised if there is something that happens especially in outgoing from the app that causes uproar but it makes sense so we'll come back to it later but yeah i mean everton are at panic stations trev they'll be trying to get people in people out but then again like i said who's making the signings does the new manager want these players do they wait for the new manager they're just the ultimate how not to run a football club if you if you think we're a mess god knows what you describe them as hey yeah, I mean, expertly teased. By the way, uh, hats off. I like that. We've got a we've got him on the hook now for uh, the returning Everton story later on. Uh, I read earlier on today, Dave, that Everton want Thomas Frank as probably in the same way that I want Kate Beckinsale to come for a few pints with me on Friday night. You know that kind of way. Yeah, Dr- dream on, lads. I mean. And in that same in that same tweet, it was like, well, clearly it's a bigger club, but he might be waiting for an even bigger one. <laughs> That's, the delusion is high with those uh, with those yeah. chaps at the moment. God bless them. Uh, speaking of uh, mindsets that might not be the most stable, Sweeney Todd is back. He's thrown his weight around. Chelsea, who are our opponents at the weekend and one of the worst games of football you could wish to see, uh, both in terms of the I, uh, the the standard of football on display, the excitement levels, it was just a damn squib of the highest order. Uh, but one thing that they have to recommend them is they are doing endless deals. And uh, old Sweeney Todd's at it again. Talk to us about the latest news about uh, their uh, ongoing uh efforts to capture the globe it's just I, I would actually almost describe Sweeney Todd's quietest week 
as what we would define as a Liverpool transfer bonanza, wouldn't we? We'd be going yeah, crazy yeah. if we like, you yeah. know, if we even had one of his his quiet week trip. I mean, just you look at what's happened, obviously. They tried to to move in when um Trossard became available. That didn't happen. Arsenal <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll come to that. Um, but it's, it's important to set that context. You know, Arsenal slapped it down finally. So what do they do? They go and pay £10 million more than a deal they had virtually agreed the week before for Madawiki at PSV. Just literally, you know, a price that's just gone up £10 million in a week. Absolutely crazy. And then th- there's something bizarre about their dealings in the sense that if you look at when they've been close or when they've teed up what I call the top midfield talent around it, and you know we were talking about, Trev, like Enzo Fernandez, Moises yeah. Caicedo, you know, real players that are top, you know, young prospects. Like if they get them, that's a hell of a signing. And they've done it like they did with Enzo again. Brighton told them the price, and they come in with a low ball bid. It's like, how can you overpay for half your squad this summer? And think when there's top talent who you're in talks with, you can get a low ball bid in. I mean, Brighton have been so clear they don't need the cash. It's going to take something like 75 million to prize Caicedo out of there. And what do Chelsea do? Exactly the same as they did with Enzo. Come in well short of what they're told, especially for a club. I mean, just in case one's doubting this, I mean, this is coming from Ornstein, isn't it? As reliable as it gets, Trev. So, it, it's just utterly bizarre that you would be in negotiations with this top, top talent and lowball when everyone knows you overpay and will just spend anything. It's, it, I'd like to say it was just crazy, but it's just par for the course with what's going on there. But it's still not my favourite, Trev. It's still not my favourite deal because my favourite has to be... It's not, it's not quite as good as when he was caught listening in Twitter spaces and things like that, but this is still a good one. They made an offer for Bissouma at Spurs. So midfielder, which, you know, they're looking, well, they're looking at every position, but we know they're looking at midfielder. An ex-Potter player. This is brilliant, Trev. They made an American-style offer trade. So they offered to trade Ziyech, who clearly, you know, they want gone simply, but his wages are the issue. So they almost offered a player trade, not cash. And Spurs responded with, this isn't baseball, so no. If you want a player, you're going to have to pay cash type of thing. So that one kind of died a death straight away. But do you know what? I'm still up to his old tricks, offering player trades that way now. And even now, I had a quick scan before we, we came on. They're now after a right-back trip. A young lad called Gusto, apparently, at Leon. I won't pretend I know anything about him, but a lot of clubs interested. So, Reese James has got another knock. What's the answer? Get a new right-back in, Trev, as well. So, I guarantee you, next week, there will be a whole section again. Nothing is going to slow down Sweeney Todd. The fact he's not even in charge of the transfers there doesn't even slow him down right now. Like, God bless the man. He just keeps us in business, doesn't he? Eh? You're so right. I mean, like you said, again, that's a quiet week with the Madueke move, then the low ball offer for Caicedo, uh, the trade for Basuma and Ziek. That's a quiet week. But like you said, we'd be through the roof with excitement for, with a week like that. It's uh, it's an ongoing uh, 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 delight for, for us content-wise, for sure. And depressingly enough, we continue the stories of... Uh, 
rivals, uh, people in the top end of the table, uh, doing business when we look at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, literally, they they had the disappointment of Mudrick, didn't they, to Chelsea. And Bright, I've got to be honest, Bright played this one absolutely beautifully, as we mentioned. So Trossard, if you think of his age, how long left on the contract, they've got £27 million for him. And it's almost a deal, Trev, where everyone's happy. Brighton are happy with the cash they've got. They've got a player that didn't want to be there when the manager wasn't getting on with. Trossard's got his move all of a sudden from outside chance of Europe to, you know, competing for the title. Probably, you know, you can argue favourites, that's a different thing, but in the title mix either way. And Arsenal have got a reinforcement they were looking for for those attacking positions. And they move quickly because we know Spurs and Chelsea were were lurking and Spurs had, had put an offer in approximately around 15 million to Arsenal went, no, we can't, we can't miss out on another one. We can't mess around. Bang, deal done. And to be honest, they always say you should be looking to to make transfers from that position of strength. Not stop there, Trev. And here's another name I can butcher. I think it's Jakub Kiwior, I think they said, from an Italian club for 25 million euros, a Polish centre-back. So it's an area where they've, Saliba and Gabriel have done well for them this season, but that you know it looks weak after that if there is an injury. So that's quite smart. The, the weirdest one that came from nowhere, because he's not playing much at... Um, Real Madrid, Camavinga. So that loan came about. And I think people are thinking, bloody hell, they can get him in. But his agent has kind of shot that down. But it was one to, to mention of interest. But he, even today, Trev, there's a, an interesting one, a right back um, at Valladolid, Fresnado. We mentioned him a, a couple of weeks ago about Newcastle. Apparently, Arsenal are looking to do a deal this winter where they buy him but he spends the rest of the season in Spain and then comes during the summer. So, yeah, I mean, two two big clubs, Arsenal, are not resting on their laurels whatsoever, aren't they? You know, they backed Arteta in the summer and they're backing him hard again this winter. It's quite painful to hear about the Camavinga thing, isn't it? I mean, that's that just sticks in the craw for us. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Good mixed words, but bad. Bad, bad. Bad's just about the right one, I think. Uh, now, we can come back to something you mentioned earlier on now when we go to Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> because uh, we have a story here involving Chris Wood and Nottingham Forest. Have a, uh, have a, a deep breath uh, and get into this one for us because this is, this is, this is interesting. The, yeah, so Boris lose a, a player, our uni, to, to injury. And do they look at the other 25 signings they've made this summer, Trev? Nah. Within the squad, don't even bother, lads. Let's go and get another. So, 26 signings. Dave, you know, they're, they're, they're basically just trolling us, aren't they? That's exactly... <laughs> I, I actually think, like, when we actually finish this for the winter, we need to probably just look at one of those things on, like, Amazon and just get a... Just some flowers, a couple of chocks or some posh sweeties across to Stamford Bridge and the, the city ground at Nottingham because they, they have just kept us going, honestly, all <laughs> sort of winter and summer. It's, it's just crazy. Now, the interesting one that, if you think Newcastle, I mean, to be honest, Trev, probably on paper the richest club in the world, arguably, aren't they, with the, the Saudi resources? And we know they went big in the summer, but they've not really moved. But exactly as we said, the other week, there's a, a couple of things to that. 
they've been waiting for right opportunities and we know when they've been shopping around they've been quoted ridiculous ridiculous fees we know they're still waiting on leicester potentially as to whether they have to to do anything in regards to to their financial worries but the interesting one that they are really looking at and there's really strong talk there anthony gordon so Anthony Gordon at Everton. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he wants out. You know, he's there. It sounds terrible, it's true. It's the only real marketable asset I can think of. It would not surprise me at all if Everton do that deal. Gordon's happy to go, and Newcastle want attackers and players in. So, Newcastle, as we said, they will definitely do some business, but the biggest issue they've got there was well, not an issue, it's the wrong phrase, but Dan Ashworth, their director of football, very savvy, you know, well-known in the industry, doesn't want to overpay, so they're being quite strategic. And they're also looking at a Brazilian youngster, Matias Franca, so they're trying to do that deal for, again, being quoted a high fee. They are trying to get players in, and I'd be absolutely astonished if they don't, Trev, but, yeah, they, they've got money, they just don't want to be um, Sweeney Todd, shall we say, so we'll have to wait and see, but that would be the one. If you if you ask me to predict, I would not be surprised if Anthony Gordon does make the move there. I think that's a shout, you know. And uh, speaking of things that you've uh, brought up before, we've touched on before, uh, there is that pattern very much through the show. Uh, speak to us about Bournemouth and their French connection. Yeah, they literally, you mentioned it last week, that they weren't having much joy in the... Uh, the owner had bought those shares in Lorient, so a, a club that's been doing well or got a few good players in league earners, as it were. So they've already they've got one in, and they did try for a, a player that interests a lot of people, and we've been linked with occasionally, Enzo Lafitte. It sounds like a cartoon character almost, doesn't it, when you describe his name that way? But he's rejected the move, apparently, that, you know, I think bigger fish to fry might be the, the right way to phrase it, and especially with Bournemouth trouble. But... They are very much looking. It's a, it's one of those ones. It's not a, it's not a fashionable club, is it, Bournemouth by any means? And that they are struggling, but they are trying to get players in. They do have money. They have a new US consortium, but I think unfortunately for the owner, he's maxed out his Lorient connections there. But they're having a go, Trev. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package which includes a 48-hour no-obligation-free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, bless their hearts. They are having a go. Uh, we've got two clubs to speak about. 
uh, in, in terms of the Premier League wrap-up. We'll start with Leicester, who, you know, we know they have issues uh, there financially. We've heard quite a lot of stories around that. But even they look like they're trying to get somebody in the door before the end of this window. It's astonishing, yeah. I mean, they've got one in the door, and they're, they're being linked with players still, which it just seems mental with what's going on. So they've got a lad in. I won't pretend I know him well. I think it's pronounced Victor Christiansen, so a centre-back from Copenhagen. Many predicting that's their replacement for Soyuncu because everyone's just apparently waiting for that announcement of him going to Atletico on a free, which we mentioned a few weeks ago. So there's a natural replacement there. It's just strange, though, Trev, that they're spending this type of money. I mean, it's out there now publicly, as I mentioned a week ago. They have taken bank loans from an Australian bank, Macquarie Bank. And it sounds strange that they're getting the finance from Australia that way anyway. And they've secured it against revenue for two seasons time, Trev. Do you know what I mean? Like, almost sounds like when Rangers went under, didn't it? And they were borrowing against future ticket money. I mean, they're borrowing against future income. So when you hear that, you're thinking, Christ, that'll be to, you know, pay wages, keep the club going. And they've obviously spent that money on a huge redevelopment, academy, state-of-the-art thing. But to actually then be spending it on transfers, again, I don't know that this is a definite, but it almost sounds Barcelona-esque, doesn't it? Literally pulling a lever to, to buy a player, never mind the debt. So there's something going on at Leicester, very odd. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's more comings and goings just due to the their precarious financial situation. But just a very, very odd club at the moment, Trev. Really bizarre. Yeah. And what's interesting is that the, 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 the decline has been quite dramatic because I was having a look at the Deloitte uh, Football Money League with Mo for for uh, for Money Talks, and Leicester actually positioned seventeenth in the in the world of football, yeah. which you know it, it, it was two hundred fifty two point two million. Like it, it's it is remarkable. It is remarkable what's happened there, and it's, I guess even more remarkable how quickly these things can turn around. Uh, we do have one last story, and that is West Ham related. Uh, they have gotten uh, someone in who may end up being uh, a, a decent signing for them, uh, and I think also one out the door as well. Talk to us about West Ham and their business. Yeah, West Ham is an interesting one. It kind of came from nowhere, but Danny Ings. Yeah, so Danny Ings, the, the suggestion is around the, the £15 million pound mark. Interestingly today, Trev, I saw it, I kind of skimmed past it on Twitter, I have to be honest, but suggestion that he's got an injury already, so we'll have to see if there's any truth to that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've been in real trouble, but fortunately they had the luck of playing Everton at the weekend, didn't they? So that's a a useful three points, but David Moyes been in, you know, trouble, well speculated that he's been on the block as well, so he needed those three points at the weekend. So if things has got a knock of any sort, that's, you know, as bad luck as it gets realistically and the balance to that is a uh, Craig Dawson going to to Wolves a centre half he's always one Craig Dawson who kind of is what I call it a defender that plays with his head more than anything doesn't he throws his you know throws his face heads balls away that type of thing a proper throwback always ends up 
moving around what I like to call the relegation threat in clubs, doesn't he? Always seems to be if you're maybe struggling around the bottom that Craig Dawson will end up at your club. So whether that's a good <laughs> sign or not for Wolves, I'm not fully sure. But yeah, one one in, one out West Ham and won't be surprised again. A club that's not doing great. If it is bad for Danny Ings, see if they do any more business as well. Now to finish the show, then we should just have a, a, a look around the wider European scene because it obviously all, all connects uh, back uh, to where we're a little bit more familiar. And you mentioned the Levermeisters earlier on, Barcelona, and clearly they're trying to do bits still. They're very much in that category you're talking about with Leicester. It's like, how is this? <laughs> how is this happening? But uh, still, they still they continue, uh, and uh, uh, still we're hearing at least about Kessie and some others. Talk to us about Barca and the deals they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, even today, I found Trev just when I was sort of scouring through that, that there's quite a few journos on the Spanish side saying, yeah, Laporta is preparing that court case as we mentioned last week against. La Liga about the CVC. So even that's just like the context for it. But I mean, the deal that that's happened, we know Memphis went to Atletico, it was completed. So even that, Trev, it's a, it's a small fee, but it suits all parties. You know, he wasn't really wanted there. They, they wouldn't announce it publicly. And everyone was like, but we know the deal's done. And they, they genuinely weren't authorising a press release, Trev. This is after, by the way, Memphis was pictured in Atletico Madrid training in his Atletico Madrid kit with his Atletico Madrid teammates. But Barcelona was still not confirming it. So Spanish journos were naturally like, what's going on? Like, what, why everyone knows what's happened. But yeah, just, just typical Barcelona style. So there's speculation about how that is going to be recorded on the books officially, shall we say. And one that's also kind of come out is Kessie. I mean... It's not worked out there. They've been touting him everywhere. They've been touting him in the Premier League as well. But one they were looking at was a swap deal for Inter Milan and Brozovic, a midfielder there. So, again, Trev, just finances are a mess. You're thinking they're just going to get Kessie out again in some way to help with that that wage bill. But, no, they then try again to use it in some sort of swap deal. So, God knows what will happen with them all the way through to, to the summer. It'll never be a boring day there. But yeah, Barcelona's still trying to do bits in this transfer window. Mental. And if we go to France, L'Equipe had a very interesting story, PSG-related. Talk, talk to us about this one. Yeah, I think this is, there's a, a, I have a strong belief in this. It almost got done in the summer. Skrinar, the uh, Inter Milan centre-back. So, Six months left. It, it was supposed to go through last summer, but it didn't. And now they're saying that it's looking like a good agreement of a, a mega, and we're talking mega freebie deal to PSG in the the coming summer months. So if you think about that, Trev, I mean, that there was talk about a £50 million fee and that the speculation is, again, that he's getting a, a whopping signing clause, whopping wages. So I would... Being honest, be surprised if this isn't true and that happens come the summer. Yeah, it does have a, a, a sort of whiff of, of, of likelihood of it for sure. Uh, 
And we get to finish then with the story that links back in a way to uh, the Premier League in a couple of different ways. Uh, and it centers on Besiktas. Uh, what's what's happening here? It, it's the bizarrest triangle in football that's officially happened, almost linked to Ronaldo, isn't he? So he leaves United, Veghorst leaves Besiktas, and an interesting player, Vincent Abubakar, lives Al Nasser, which is the, the Saudi club that Ronaldo's moved to. So it's literally, they, they're doing a triangle now. So Veghorst goes to United in what seems one of the bizarrest moves, you know, of the entire window, without doubt. He go, if Ronaldo goes to, to Saudi, and how are Besiktas going to fill that gap? Looks pretty much like Abubakar's going to go there. So it's just such a weird triangle, but it's almost sums up this transfer window and how mental it's going to be. And then the interesting one, and cue all the jokes trap now about Turkish hair transplants and all this type of thing, because Beziktas are in talks with John Joe Shelby. So, <laughs> you know, usually Turkey's the one where the lads go for their hair transplants and come back, we know Shakiri and all those types of people. So yeah. do not be surprised if... Uh, yeah, if John Joe's got a full-on mullet in 12 months' time. But yeah, John Joe sell Shelby as well to the Ziktas link. So again, probably just sums up how bizarre this transfer window's been already. I love it. Uh, the, the the bizarre angle really does fit. I actually, I, I there was a guy I was working with a couple of years ago literally went away, bald as a coot, came back with this sort of like flowing mane and you're just going, lad, <laughs> who did that is it good is it a good job and sadly for the chap a year and a half later most of it is gone and he's still hanging on to the edges uh, I, I just say shave it buddy works for me shave it works for me uh, Dave we've really gone around the houses there uh, fantastic uh, bits of news uh, and interesting uh, angles left, right, and center. We wish there were more Liverpool-centric ones, but there's plenty enough going on elsewhere that we get nicely distracted. So as ever, for a lot of info coming thick and fast, thanks very much for that. And is there anything that's floating around in the back of the Davis mind there that you want to throw out that we haven't really touched on or anything at all that just occurred to you before we sign off? I think probably the only thing to to say, Trev, because I know there's probably going to be some that have been screaming at this podcast or, you know, have the thoughts the way everything's going. I suppose, realistically, Trev, the next one, we're coming right towards the end of the window, aren't we? So I mean this sincerely. Let's just hope we've got some concrete links of sorts to report come next week or it's looking pretty desperate, isn't it? Let's leave it at that, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. We 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 could really do, we could really do with something happening that isn't entirely underwhelming. So we will just maintain that little bit of hope. I, I gotta apologise again, folks. I'm just ridiculously congested for the last two months. I can't get past this at all. So apologies if I'm uh, horribly nasal. Uh, but we will. Uh, Plow on regardless, myself and Dave will be back with you next week to talk about whatever's going on. And needless to say, uh, lots will be. So from Dave Davis and from myself, Trev Downey, this has been Transfer Podcast for Anfield Index Pro. And we'll be back with you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
there's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.